Welcome back, everybody, to episode 19 of the Jader and Kyle Show. We've been chugging along here, guys. It's been really good episodes these past couple of weeks, so thank you all for tuning in and joining us. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jader. Jader, what's going on, man? What up, man? Exhausted. Exhausted. You were yeah. 11 o'clock show tonight, man. But you know what? what? We're committed. We're here. We have a great one for you guys tonight. So I'm um, super hyped to talk about tonight. How was your week so far, Kyle? My week's been my week's been up and down. I got a lot of screeners. I, uh, my review for Project Power is going to be out tomorrow, and then uh, I got a couple more coming. So I don't know when the bar was off to check on that. But review, um, what are those? Yeah, it's been a while, right? <laughs> well, that's the news that just came and says AMC is going to be reopening within the next week and a half or so. So that's so that's some that's some news that we got we got to talk about. Um, but yeah, man, week has been, uh, I mean, it feels like my week is never ending. Like, I feel like it's already Friday and it's only Wednesday. I know. You know? It's super but, weird. Uh, it's been, yeah, dude, it's super weird to be recording, but it's all good. Uh, again, we do, we, we're having a late show tonight because of our special guests that we have going on. Uh, I don't know. You want to just introduce him, man? Just Yeah, it let's out. do it. So this is going to be a fun guest. Uh, you guys might know him from the Schmodown or the Schmo's No SEN, all this stuff. Uh, he's a young, up-and-coming filmmaker. Here he is, Mr. RB3. RB3, welcome, man. It's so good to have you on the show. Hey, it was, it was good. It was good. It was good. Thank y'all for having me, man. Thank y'all for being accommodating, man. And, yo, I got to apologize on air to you, Jader. I did not mean to call you Jasper that one time. That's my bad. <laughs> so, you, you know, that's part of my notes, actually. I was, uh, was going to ask what was good with that, man. What yeah. I thought we had something, bro. We did have something. We do have something. We, bro, we always got something, man. We always got something, man. But yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny, man, because now the chat room doesn't stop, dude. Everyone's like, oh, like, I'll, like, whenever, whenever there's a match or I'm, I'm watching SEN or something, you know, I'll, I'll like to, like, say what's up to the people and all that. And, um, it, everybody's like, Jasper's in the house. I'm like, oh my God, this stigma, it's going to be forever. I'm like, God damn, you RB3. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, man, it's cool, man. I I, I get it. Don't even worry about it, dude. Hey. It, was, uh, it was great. It was a great episode. But that, I, that for me was a highlight. And the thing was that I really wasn't watching it right there and then because I was doing, you know, it was my birthday. Right. So I was out with my kids and all that. And then I had like multiple people on message me through Facebook, like fans and and, and whatnot, you know. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I jumped on and somebody gave me the actual, you know, timestamp on it. And I went, I'm like, bro, this is fucking hilarious, man. I wish I would have seen it live because I definitely would have like thrown in a, a, a stream yard and be like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Bro, it's literally just literally for one, I'm terrible. At, for one, I'm terrible at names in general. I'm terrible at names, terrible at pronouncing names. And for two, like SCN, like. Even though it's at 10 o'clock, I usually got to wake up kind of earlier to like set up streams and like test things and like all that kind of stuff. So like yeah, yeah. I was up like super early. It was late night before and I just totally slipped on your name, man. But thank you again for being dope and, you know, playing along good, with man. it. Uh, I'm sure it feels somebody else to some beef probably would have started, but. Nah, know. bro, nah, nah, no, no, not at all, man. It's all yeah, about, all friendly about. ghost. <laughs> that's, yeah. your, that's your nickname now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so RB3, man, I gotta say, we've never met each other in person before, but we have a lot in common. We both just graduated film school. We both have made short films. And most of all, we're both Lakers fans. Um, yes, sir. I love the Lakers, man. I've been watching them ever. 2008 was my first year watching them. The Kobe Bryant years. Uh, just, you know, this past year was tough, or this year right here was tough with everything that happened at the beginning of the year. 
Um, but man, uh, it's up and down here in the bubble for our Lakers right now. What's going on? Uh, we're not looking too good in the bubble. I, I think honestly, in the beginning, it looked like low management, but you know they did get that win the other night. Um, you know, I, I, I personally, you know, I guess they they might have just given up. They already clinched the number one spot. Um, so they, so they, they, they chilling on that front. Um, they're not playing for standings anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of cool with them taking it easy right now. Now when it comes to playoff time, that's a different situation, but I will say one thing though, there's nothing I have enjoyed seeing more than seeing this miraculous Phoenix Suns come back. I've never seen nothing like this before in my entire, uh, NBA fandom, a team that was so far behind, literally, I think they're in the 11th seeding, uh, before the bubble started. Oh, yeah. Now they're, now they're right knocking at the door at the AFC to, to get into the playoffs. And, um, you know, obviously my boy Ace, Andres, biggest Suns fan I know, me the biggest Lakers fan I know. Well, how, how can this not be the one of the best moments uh, right now? So it's exciting. It's right. It's really a testament to how well Adam Silver has handled this league because, like, look at all these other leagues are a mess right now. But the NBA yeah. somehow figured it out with this bubble, and now we're getting great playoff matchups. I'm scared, though, for Portland because I feel like we're going to get Portland in the first round. And, boy, that's – Did you catch that game yesterday? Yeah, oh. yeah. That, that's rough. That's what gets scary. Um, yeah. But, all the you know, the games when they're, when they're working and they're all playing together and they're all uh, doing, doing, doing good, it, it, it comes out nice. And – what was it? Cal uh, Kuzma had 22. Anthony Davis had 29. LeBron had 25. So that's a pretty good, you know, people, you know, they're, they're playing pretty good out there, you know. We're holding on. We're going to see. Um, but RV, I want to talk to you about the film industry too, man. What's going on? So, both, so it hit when I was graduating film school, the coronavirus hit, which is just the worst time to graduate film school. Yeah. I, the la- the, my last day of shooting my last film of the semester was the day when the school got shut down. All right, turn in everything. And uh, we're now you're never coming back to the campus from here on out. You can finish editing, but you're not going to come back to the campus. And it sucks, man, because you get out of college and you're ready to go move somewhere, get ready, you have a job lined up. And then now there's no film industry right now. It's kind of on pause. So like, what, what's your views on that? How do you feel about where the film industry is going right now? Uh, where is it going right now? I mean, it's, it's a little tough, right? Because we've, we've been seeing productions close down. We've been seeing them in other countries start to open back up. I mean, that's probably where it's going to have to be for, for a minute. Uh, you know, we might have to see filming happening in other countries. Yeah. We have to see people, you know, I, I know the Mandalorian did a whole reinvention in the way we think about like VFX and like in studio shooting with that volume setup that they have. So maybe, that will be another alternative, you know, where it's not just big locations. It's just inside and, you know, inside of his kind of bubble room-ish kind of thing. Um, yeah, but it's it's weird, man. This is a weird time, especially for you just coming out of film school. I graduated about a year ago. And, uh, I, you know, fortunately, like, I live in L.A., so there's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit easier to access, you know, work opportunities and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, but even then it's, it's almost inaccessible too. like pre, pre, pre shutdown, uh, just because it's so crowded and there's so many people trying to do it. So yeah, it kind of, this COVID thing kind of exacerbated the struggle a little bit, but I do think that if anything, post COVID, I think there's going to be a, a big push for more content. There's going to be a big push for like more production. Oh, yeah. So I think, oh, yeah. I think, I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be picking up filming again. Which I hope, you know, which I hope, I, you know, people like you and me and other people can get hired for. So 
Yeah. We need opportunities and it kind of sucks like how everything lined up, but you know, just right now you use this time. I've used this time to catch up on so many old movies because if we want to be directors, we got to be well adversed with everything that's going on here. I feel like that's very important. Um, but you know, talk to me about some of the productions you've made RB3. I know um, you had that of uh, the movie pass uh, kind of spoof flick ticks, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about the process of making that man. Uh, man, that was fun. Uh, I absolutely enjoyed that. The process of making that movie. I did it with my one of my best friends, uh, Kate Hughesby. Uh, he co-wrote uh, the, the the short with me, and yeah, I, I had Movie Pass. I was a big Movie Pass fan, and you know, seeing this demise like happen in it real was time, amazing. it was amazing. I've never it seen like amazing. a business kind of fall on his face that hard before. Um, so much so, and so publicly too. So it was like, yeah, let me just write this little sketch out as like a, a thing, and then um, and then we started like playing with it a little bit more and more and having a little more fun with it. And then we asked um, my boy Ken Knapsack to be involved and, you know, play our main character. And when he said, yes, you know, we, 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 we sped it. We kind of like fast tracked it. Like we got it going and we filmed it all at USC. Um, So yeah, it was a really, really fun time. Really, really great time. And um, yeah, I I appreciate that uh, experience uh, so much because it was one of the first times I had uh, did a short film that was, not just me filming with a bunch of friends, like, you know, uh, like in my apartment or whatever it was. And even though we did film in my apartment for a couple of scenes, but it was, it was a little bit more of like, Oh, we have more people, more talent. Like, you know, we have things going and we had like more of a fun kind of release for it. So it was really cool. Jader, have you have a chance to see it yet? No, no, I haven't, bro. I would be Your lying. manager's in it. What are you doing? I know, I got I know, man. I'm yeah, gonna get out. Open, you know how many movies I've been, I need to watch right now? Yeah, focus, focus on that. You got to focus on that. You got to focus on that for sure. But I do want to hear, I do want to hear quickly about the uh, the Netflix uh, film that you want to uh, have made. Uh, oh, my <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, so last week on First Cut Live, we uh, we made pitches for like what, what a Netflix know their next Harry Potter, next Star Wars. I said, let's just go back to the OG, man, the Bible, the BCU, as I like to call it. You know what I mean? You got all kinds of, you get, you get a Noah cinematic universe, you get a Jesus story, and it all with some, some revelation. How, how you lost that pose beyond me, dude. I don't, I don't know how I lost that pose beyond me, man. That was amazing. I was dying when I read that shit. I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I would see that, man. That's an incredible up, idea because you have I a grew up, audience. I grew up Catholic, so seeing all that, like grew, growing up with the Bible and all that, I was like, "Holy shit, man! That it's nuts, man!" There's some crazy shit that goes down in there, you know. So yeah, yeah, you can definitely make that work, bro. It's so great. Yeah. Bible, yeah. interesting book right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, best-selling book of all time. Best-selling book yeah. of all time. There you go. <laughs> so, RB, uh, well, Jader, you want to talk to him first about. Um, Music. There's a, an album that you share with RB. Mm. Talk to me about it, man. Give it to me. Oh, Give it to me, bro. Yeah, man. Jader. Okay, so, <laughs> run the, run, so run the run the jewels four came out, right? And it was right when quarantine I started. So I was like a little, you know, I was still like kind of like in that 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 warrior And it wasn't like right when quarantine started. It was a little bit after it. Um, it was it was during when all the riots and everything was was going down. It's it, it was yeah. honestly a, a uh, it was crazy because they had scheduled that album to come out during that time regardless. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and every everything went down, and it was like the perfect time to drop that album. And in fact, yeah. they dropped it for free. Yeah, you know, and that's and, and for me. 
So when it first came out, I was like, I was still in, you know, I was whatever, feeling whatever kind of ways. So I didn't really get a chance to like listen to it and consume it and fully dig into it, right? Um, but yeah, about a couple of weeks later, I went back and Jada, Jada, you messaged me and I was- I messaged know, him. I was, we were trying to get him on the show for uh, World War during, you know, the the, um, the whole shit that went down. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we were going to uh, do do the right thing. I wanted to have you and Janine on, but, you know, and Winston, to be honest, I wanted to have all three of you just, you know, let's just talk about this bullshit, you know, because right. we all feel the same way, you know? Right. Um. And I just love the whole movement, everything that you, Jay, Jay Washington, Winston, everything. Kudos to you guys for just, you know, standing your ground and doing what you needed to do. And, you know, much love and respect to everybody. Um, Appreciate it. So whatever. I messaged him. He didn't see the message on time. We had already done the show. And then I just it that was the CD, which still is on heavy rotation for me. But it was the album that it was just when it dropped. And I'm a big Run the Jewels fan. Um when it dropped, I actually didn't even listen to it because I was at work until I got out and I was hearing it. RB3 got back to me that day and he's like, no, I haven't checked it out. I'm like, you have to listen to this album because they're just standing their ground there. You know, it's just it again. It was just the perfect time to drop it. So um, I wanted to hear what, what you thought on it because you found I know you finally heard it. So walk me through that. You know, well, I mean, it's just to me to me it's one of those albums that. Perfect timing, perfectly relevant, and I, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Run the Jewels from the first album, but I think this is truly like, you know, and I guess it's more like recency biased or whatever, but I feel like this is their most timely, their most potent and most present work. Well, I can get behind um, it. Just in terms of like what it's talking about, these ideas of like, you know, uh, uh, like this this repetition that we're seeing like throughout the country, right? Like, and they address that in like a number of the songs like throughout the album. I don't know, Jada. I don't know what were some of your favorite songs, but let me pull up. Walking the on snow, walking on snow is probably my favorite one. Yeah, and it's it's crazy how in that in that um that song he talks about. You know, he he. I don't know it verbatim, but he says um, something along the lines of. Uh, the uh, the cops choke out a man like me, and so my voice goes from a uh, shriek to whisper. I say I can't breathe. He's talking about Eric Garner at the time and George Floyd. It just happened. The same thing had just happened to George. Floyd. So for me, it's crazy how they're talking. And you know, uh, Rundle Jules Three is the same way. It's about you know about you know fighting the racist police officers and all that. And just it it sucks. It's crazy how they're talking about um, you know Eric Garner at the time. Release it on the time when George Floyd dies. Um, so for me, it's like. It's a, the situation doesn't change, you know. It, it's remained the same. There has been no change, you know. There's gonna be one or two months where people are yeah, and then it just goes back to normal and it fucking blows, you know. I'm, oh yeah, I wouldn't tell you, but we can curse on this show, but we're good to go. Oh. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it it does. It fucking sucks that we're in a situation like this. And um, for me, I don't um, I don't think there's gonna be a better hip hop album this year, you know, and I've been listening. I'm kind of biased when it comes to hip hop. As you can see, I'm wearing my Wu-Tang shirt. I'm more old school when mm -hmm. it comes to my hip hop. I don't listen to a lot of new uh, guys. I'm kind of, uh, if your name has Lil or Da in front of you, I'm probably not gonna listen to you. Just because, <laughs> and it sucks, it sucks to say that. But um, you know what, I kind of got shut, um, they shut me up like probably like about a month ago. My little brother's, you know, he's 17. Um, and he's very into the newer hip hop, 
So for me, sorry, my Siri turned on on the MacBook. All right. So for me, um, he, for me, the greats are, you know, Pog, Big, Meth, MJ, Nas, you know, that's just Rakim, that, that's just K, uh, KRS. Like those are, that's who I grew up with. My little brother is very into, you know, the Uzi Verts and he listens to, you know, uh, your, your, your Verts and your Migos and all that shit. And don't get me wrong. They have some joints, man. There's some people, there's some joints where I'm like, all right, I, I can't help it. You're not saying shit. But I like it, you know. It's kind of. I just find it funny that you hate the Lil so much that you left it out of his name. Just called him Uzi Vert. <laughs> Uzi Vert, man. I won't. I, I I refuse. But let me tell you where my brother shut me up. My little brother lives in Texas, right? So I'm trying to obviously when he's a kid, I'm showing him the music that I like, and I'm trying to mold him into like what I like, you know. So I remember one time he's listening to uh, Yachty, Lil Yachty. See, I didn't even say Lil. <laughs> there it goes again, but. He's listening to Yachty and I'm listening to him and everybody thinks that he's great. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's just it's not for me. Maybe I'm old, man. Maybe it's just it's just not for me. Um, and he's like, bro, this guy's the truth. This and that and that. Whatever. So I my little brother, um, every time he comes down for me, it's like I try to spend as much time as I, I do with him. Because, again, I'm 17 years older than my little brother. But um, I, I he's I always seen him like my first son. Right. So I'm always like interested in what's going on and again i'm at the end of everything i'm not his dad i'm his brother so we you know we have music in common we like sports um he's getting to the stage about girls so he's asking me questions and things like that you know but he as soon as i we picked him up from the airport the first thing he uh said as soon as i sit down is hey have you listened to pop smoke and i'm like with a name that fucking stupid i'm not gonna listen to him dude i'm sorry like what the hell is pop smoke um Fast forward to three days later, I'm getting my hair cut at the barbershop and I take my brother with me and the barbershop is playing a song that I've never heard before. And I'm just like feeling it. I'm just like, damn, dude, well, this is this stumps. I'm like, what is this? And my barber's like pop smoke. My little brother just kind of like looked at me like <laughs> and, he, and he was like, oh, you like it. Right. And I'm like, damn, dude, this this guy's, you know, he's the shit. Um and then I learned that I listened to the album. I'm like, bro, I can't wait. I'm like, if this guy's first project is this good or, or first like big project because he's released mixtapes. And I'm like, I can't wait to see what he does. Not knowing that the that the guy got killed in February, you know, um, when I found out about his death, I'm like, that's crazy. But because of Pop Smoke, Pop Smoke's album, there's Lil Baby, right? Yeah. And bro, he's ill, man. He, yeah, little baby, little baby, oh, yeah. girl, little, little baby snaps, and he just put yeah, out, man. He put out that conscious song pretty recently too. This Super little dope. Yeah, so, yeah. Better, so then I'm like, damn, I can't see. This is what I like. I like when they're talking about something because they're talking about. It. I like conscious uh, hip hop. Mm. Um. So, anyways, back to run the jewels, man. I just feel like the the duo for me, man, Killer Mike and LP, man, LP with the production has been disgusting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think they have a bad album. There's not a single album for me that, that I can be like, oh, it's okay. Every single album for me has gotten better with the exception of three, which I really did like uh, Rondo Jules 3, but I didn't think it was better than two. Yeah. Four for me is it's right up there with Rondo Jules 2, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, I loved uh, seeing the vocals of, because uh, I'm a, I, as much as I am a hip hop fan, believe it or not, I'm more of a metal fan. I like metal music more than I like hip hop. As much mm -hmm. as I love hip hop, um, so seeing Zach De La Rocha from uh, from 
uh, Rage Against the Machine on a track with mm -hmm. with uh, with Pharrell and 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 uh, Run the Jewels, man. That for me. So I love just uh, walking on snow, pulling the pin. Um, there's it's just I like so many songs on this on this album, man. But but it's, yeah. it's if you guys haven't listened to it, if you guys are hip hop heads or even knowing what's going on, just this truth that they're speaking, it's it's just an album that you definitely need to check out. Yeah, absolutely. And even uh, that one song they got on there with two chains, uh, oh, yeah. that's called yeah. would it have the little uh sample in there too? I that that's absolutely dope, yeah. So, all yeah, around, yeah. um, definitely check out that album, yeah, yeah definitely. All right, am I happy? <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard it. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Kyle? <laughs> I've been listening to to um to Rolling Stone and Hollow Notes. <laughs> but, you know what's funny though. You know what's funny though, Jader. We're we're having this show now. And you know who just texted me about uh, uh Run the Jewels four just a couple of days ago? Who? Brett Sheridan. Brett Sheridan really? is obsessed with Run the Jewels. He loves. You put him down. And he, nah, he, nah, he, I didn't, I didn't think he'd want to talk about Run the Jewels with me, but he just randomly texted me. He's like, oh man, I'm, I'm into this. Like, I'm oh, like, what? Wow. And he's like, yo, like, I love cool. Run the Jewels. And he's like, I would want this vinyl set or whatever. Brett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Brett, man. That's, That's he's, the on, last he's on the person I'd expect to be in. Seriously, <laughs> I thought you were, honestly, I thought you were going to tell me Goddard Winston, somebody. Yeah. I didn't even think you were going to say Brett at all, man. That is dope, man. He's, he's on game. That's good. Yeah. They don't call that him awesome. Wiggly for nothing. So RV3, so when we reached out to you, man, uh, Jader asked you to give you, you a couple movies that you wanted to talk about that the audience could vote on. And when he sent me the list of the movies you sent me, I said, we're doing social network because yeah, we didn't even, we even put in our poll, man. We put this movie on how many polls are this is the third one. It would have been on. wanting to talk about this film. And for some reason, some other movie just like mm. beats it on the poll. And we're like, and, oh no, there was one, I think one or two polls that I got like zero votes. Like the no fucking fugitive beat it, man. The fugitive. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so when we gave, I gave him the list, he's like, we're talking social network, man. Because that's what really the only movie had given me. And I'm like, hey, RB3 only sent me social network. And he was like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, well, let me see if he wants to do a list or whatever. And you send me the list. And then he's like, no, fuck that. We're doing social network, man. <laughs> and we needed a reason to do it in RB3, man. And I think we're all on the same page here. This is the best or one of the best movies, at least, of the 21st century. It is, in my definition, a perfect film because it gets better and better with every watch. It's gotten more relevant since 2010 when it came out. And it only, like, it only holds that place so much every single time i watch it um but rb3 what was the reason why you put this on the poll um well i mean for me personally this is one of my favorite movies too um i to this day i still remember when i first saw this movie on october 2nd 2010 at the 6 p.m screening at amc the lamo 16 in torrance california that's right that's 10 years ago and i remember seeing this movie to that day i used to be a movie hop kid so every time like I saw a movie, it was always like three or four movies in the same day. So I remember that day uh, before. And I think the context is a little important, right? Before seeing that movie, I have saw in the morning, I saw The Legends of Gahul, the, uh, the Zack Snyder movie, the animated <laughs> owl movie or whatever, which I didn't really like. And, um, and then after that, I saw the, the Clint Eastwood movie with Matt Damon, um, where they're like in a tsunami. Um, I can't remember the name off, off top 
my head, right? Peter, right, you right, got right. you gotta get this. That's a, that's a scroll down question. Listen to me. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty ten, Clint Eastwood, uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon yeah. is starring in it. I can't remember off huh? the top of my head though. Okay. Um, but yeah, go on RB3. What'd you say it was, Kyle? My bad. Promised Land, is that it? I don't think so. I don't think no, so. that's a camera pro one. I can't remember. No. But anyway, that movie put me to sleep. So I went into the social network, and that movie, when the social network. Oh, came, wait, 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 wait. Uh, fuck. It just, see, I would have ran out of my 15 seconds, but it would have got me. It's hereafter. That's what it is. Hereafter. Hereafter. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's yes, what it is. It. It's hereafter. So, Legends of Gahul, hereafter. Not that bad of a movie, but not that great. Movie put me to sleep. So I'm going into the social network. My expectations are like on the floor. Um, but I had knew it had like a 99% Rotten Tomatoes or something at that point. And, you know, the director and the writer and had all this acclaim. So I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to see it. Saw it, sat right in the middle seat in a packed out house full of people. And, you know, it was just a mind opening experience for me through and through. Just from that opening scene, just, you know, that 10 minute scene of them talking at the bar. Um, and you just get like the perfect character introduction to who Jesse Eisenberg's rendition of like Mark Zuckerberg is. And then you go into that long sequence where it's like just the music and him walking alone through the Harvard campus. And you see how lonely this dude is. And just the whole whole story of like friendship versus business. Business, Um, Yeah, how much bitterness can lead to decision-making. It's a lot of really, really interesting stuff that I thought the movie was broaching on. And I was a really big fan of. So it was really, really great stuff. It's also like the backstabbing and portrayal. Like it, yeah. on the on the surface, you see it as how a man became super successful by just being ruthless and turn in being strictly about business and how he's the smartest person in the room. But then over every repeat viewing, you notice other things. Like man, he really that Phoenix Club thing that uh, Eduardo gets into really bothers uh, Eisenberg the entire time. Oh, and yeah. it just like I noticed them in this uh, in this time when I watched it. The score, not when he's walking through the campus, but when he's creating face mash, that bomb, bomb, yeah. bomb. Oh my gosh. It's like it's like his his heart pounding as he's yeah. creating this thing that's gonna change Harvard for forever. Um so I mean Jader, I want to hear your thoughts, man. What sticks out to you about the social network? Well, same thing, man. I'm, I'm just going to give you a little quick background. I obviously big movie fans over here. So I used to live in the theater as well. Um, and I remember I had no idea. I mean, I wasn't really in the know like I am now. Like now I'm on top of news and all that stuff. And obviously we're in Miami. You know, we review and, you know, we get early screenings and, we, you know, press and all that shit. Um, I remember sitting in the theater, packed house. I forgot what movie I was watching where I saw the trailer to Social Network and it was playing Creep, but it wasn't the Radiohead version. It was a different version yeah. of the Radiohead song. And I remember that trailer. That got me. It just got me and I'm like, what the hell is this? And, you know, Eisenberg, you know, he was already doing his thing, but he wasn't like, like you know, like Jesse Eisenberg yet. So I was just like, what the hell is this? And you see Justin Timberlake and, uh, you know, and, and Andrew Garfield even. I, I don't wasn't enough star yet at the time. Yeah, at all. So I'm like, all right. The What got to me, honestly, was Fincher's name. When mm-hmm. I saw Fincher's name, I'm like, oh, this shit's going to be good. And it, the trailer alone, I was like, this is going to be amazing. I did not see this in the theater and it's one of my regrets because i didn't see it in the theater um i ended up watching it 
Um, I and funny enough, I didn't even get the buzz. I saw that I had good ratings as well, but I didn't hear even a buzz or anything like that. It wasn't until one of my best friends that saw it once it was out on Blu-ray. He bought it and he was like, dude, have you seen Social Network? And I was like, no. He's like, I'm not gonna lie, it's probably one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And I was like, no way, man. And then he so that I'd already had a little bit of hype from him, even though him and I don't really see eye to eye with film. Um, so I'm like, oh, maybe for you, dude. I don't know. And long story short, I didn't even um end up borrowing it or rent. I bought it because I'm like, it has to be good. So I just went, I went to Best Buy and I bought the film, popped it in, and it, it blew me away. Um, same thing, man. That opening scene alone, it, I am a sucker for dialogue right? So for me, you can have no action in the movie or whatever, but if you have great conversation in the movie, you have me, right? Um, the first 10 minutes of that movie where he's just going, he's just going at a hundred miles an hour. She's trying to keep up with the conversation. He's like super condescending with her. Like, well, the thing is like, I've, I've had those discussions before where you're trying to talk to someone, you answer their question, and they're talking about another subject suddenly. And I could feel her pain of trying to hold on and try to listen to what he's saying. And finally, you just get so frustrated. And you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then, like you said, Jader, the condescending part where you could see him just slowly tearing her down. Well, you go to BU. What do you need to study? Yeah, he goes, what do you need to study? She goes, why do you keep saying I don't need to study? She goes, you go to BU. Like, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You're, ter you're terrible. You're fucking mean. You know, and um, that the whole oh, I'll, once I get in, I'll get you in because you're never gonna meet people like that because you go to be yeah. like that shit. You're like, what the fuck, man? What yeah. are you doing? But um, that and you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and and you know, super fast forward. But I think uh, Andrew Garfield had the biggest snub ever. Absolutely, how he didn't like. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. And I've said this on my other shows and all that stuff. And it's just something that every – I just finished watching the film 40 minutes ago, right? <laughs> and, and again, I've seen it so many times. And I, I could have done the review without watching the film. But I'm like, let me just you know get in the mood, get in the feel for it or whatever. And every time that I see this movie, I'm like, why didn't this man win? It is beyond me because that – will forever be one of my favorite performances of him. Uh, I don't know if you want to jump in the comments very quick, uh, Kyle, because we have we, we have been ignoring our-, our uh, As always. <laughs> As always, man. And we're terrible. We promise you we're going to work on that. I've been keeping an eye on it, but uh, well, there you go. Well, yeah, so like, let's get to um, Gilberto I saw in the chat. He said he first saw it back at the social network back in 2011 on cable, and he's rewatched it so many times since then. He says, one thing I've always loved about social network is the score. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross did amazing. Absolutely. And then this is Timberlake's best performance. We're going to get into that because – We'll I, get I, all into that. <laughs> yeah, this is going to come in the categories. And then Steve saying – I don't know what Steve meant here by saying major jealousy there and look in his face and sarcasm while discussing it. I don't know what he's referring to with that comment. No um, idea. Steve, it must happen to you a lot, Kyle. Yeah. Um, when I talk to you, Steve, you don't, uh, <laughs> you don't listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want uh, Sabrina Ramirez gave us a shot. I, one of my favorite films of the last decade, looking forward to this discussion. And then we got, uh, Oh, Gil talking about the basketball Kuzma with a clutch shot bookers, uh, booker, the bubble MVP so far. TJ Warren. There you go, man. <laughs> All right. Sorry guys. Uh, but yeah, let's get back into this. Um, Let's talk about 
how relevant this movie is. So when 2010 is coming around, Facebook got started back in 2003. Around 2008-9, I remember the boom when it happened, when suddenly everybody's having Facebook and they're saying Facebook me, like they refer to in this film, when they yeah. uh, campuses saying Facebook me. Um, that's a major thing that happened all across the country and apparently all across the world. So Facebook was major at this time. It was bigger than Twitter. It's bigger than MySpace. Because remember, MySpace was a thing at the time too. Um, so Facebook is taking over the world. Then this movie comes out about the man who made Facebook and how he was so ruthless in getting to it. It really hits hard about how trying to make it in this world is such a cutthroat, tough business. Um, but now here we are 10 years later and you've seen everything that's happened over these past 10 years of, you know, Facebook refusing or letting uh, fake news out there all the time, refusing to monitor that stuff, letting Russia do some stuff in there. Uh, RB3, man, I want to get your kind of opinion on this. How do you see the relevance of the social network today as compared to when it came out? Yeah, I mean, today, to, to me, when I think of the social network, especially like when you look at it, we talk about today's context, right? And like the, the power of Facebook, right? Like how you're, you're even streaming the show, like do Facebook, how like Facebook is the biggest social media and number two with Instagram and how they have had numerous cases of like privacy violation and all that kind of stuff. And you see like the the actions of the real Mark Zuckerberg in real life and how he kind of like has kind of like this whole like, oh, like, I don't know if I should, you know, have a hands on approach with certain things. And he has to answer all these questions to Congress. And, you know, he has this kind of he ends up living up to the bad guy kind of persona that this movie kind of paints him as to begin with. So it's relevant in the sense that like we're still living in the era that is depicting like in, in this movie, like we're still currently in, in that bubble that was being created at the, at the, at the onset of this movie on top of how much more we're kind of familiarized and some will say desensitized to um, actual social experiences. And I think that's the biggest. uh, And I think that's a big part of it too. I think having, we think about how much, of when you especially during quarantine how many friends do you like actually talk to in real life how many friends do you actually have like as compared to how many friends you have via social media right because you know in the case of mark zuckerberg you could have uh 500 million friends uh but still be lonely and still be uh and still have nobody around you so i think that's ultimately how it's still relevant today how we could take that and relate it to all of our own selves right Hey, Jader, do you have uh, any comment on the relevance? He nailed it on there, to be honest, uh, to be completely honest with you. But one of the my one of the lines that I've heard it a million times, but today and I guess now and nowadays with the quarantine and everything, when Sean Parker is going crazy and then he starts saying he goes, we're soon going to be living in the Internet right before the uh, the cops jump in there. Mm -hmm. Dude, nailed it. You know, and yeah. it's literally how look look at the way how we're not right now due to COVID, obviously, how we have to keep the distance and do this. And we're doing literally everything online. You know, right. we are using Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff to get our voices out there, man. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's crazy how many years and then look, it, it's still, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't like using Facebook. It's the social media that I use the most, you know, and then. Mm -hmm. Everything that was cool, like you had that, uh, 
what's that that dating shit that that they mentioned in the thing uh Facebook yeah, yeah yeah that then you had MySpace come out and everything crashes after a while you sell it or whatever you know it's MySpace is still around if you log in but you know that's that's as far as it goes Facebook for me is standing the test of time you know it's yeah. been how long since we every like I've had this since probably 2008 or 2009 you know when it when it blew up and it's been existing from way before that I just remembered that um before it was like very exclusive to certain and then i remember when it first started hitting fiu and all that stuff like you know mm -hmm. the university here and all that. it's it's just bizarre how fast and how quick this thing spread you know but it the relevancy is look how how big it blew up and how we literally depend on it and there's a who who's um oh man dakota johnson's uh little scene that mm -hmm. she's in there a quick little cameo that she's in Right. Where she's like, oh, it's crazy. I just got it like two weeks. She goes, it's highly addictive. Because I remember when I first got Facebook, man, I was, you know, at the end when he's refreshing to see if she accepted the friend request, I was like that on Facebook. Where mm -hmm. I was like, who's my friend now? Who's my friend now? Who am I? How many likes did I get? You know? That's right. how addicting it was, man. So mm -hmm. they nailed it, dude. Absolutely. I also want to touch on Zuckerberg here a little bit more, too. How he's portrayed in this film as he knows he's the smartest guy in the room and he looks down upon everybody everybody every yeah. single person he's willing to turn his back on anybody in order to keep moving up like even at the beginning when he creates face mash and uh crashes the harvard system and then they're at that board meeting right after and he apologizes but he says i do think i also deserve some recognition and the That's guy he's like i discovered i i you know showed some pretty major flaws in your system here like, like just the arrogance that he comes out. He's like, I got six months academic probation, whatever. <laughs> he kind of walks out. And then there's another moment, I, a, a tiny detail I noticed this time watching it, just to show of how arrogant he is. And it's the scene where they're reading the emails between the Winklevosses and Mark Zuckerberg going back and forth. And the entire time you hear uh, Zuckerberg jotting down notes, notes, notes. And then he lifts up his paper at one point and it's just a bunch of pictures. Like, I know what you guys are talking about. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to show you how much I don't care by making pictures. And you don't notice it if you don't catch it with your eye real quick. But, and then he's also, the lawyer asked him, um, do I have your attention? Do you think I deserve your attention? And he's like, minimal. Yeah, minimal. yep. Minimal. Oh, it's just so yeah, great. Um, I was watching it and then kids are playing obviously they're with their i had to like give them a, i went to like a quick target run to get them toys and stuff i'm like just play because they don't live with me so they usually bring their toys over but i picked them up from school today and they had no toys and i was just like dad's got to watch this movie here you go pick whatever freaking toy you want just right. you know play with it and i was watching it and then my son's watching part of it and he like looks at me he goes this movie's boring i was like no it's not <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, why do you like this? And I was like, oh my God, it's so good, dude. I'm like, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it one day. I, I promise you, man. But uh, but yeah, dude, I don't know. Like I said, there's um, there's just so much in this film to love. Um, I don't know if you, you want to go ahead and jump on the categories now. Yeah, unless uh, uh, RB3, unless there's anything you want to say. Anything else you want to jump on or anything like that? Uh, any Anybody that we haven't mentioned yet? We'll probably, we're going to mention a lot of characters now in a little bit, but uh, but whatever you – anything you want to touch on? Um, I mean, nah, I mean, I think we, we touched on a lot of it already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when we talk about relevancy, when we talk about all that. And just on the art, art level, like, it's so well made. 
Like they actually, I think they pretty much reinvented the red cameras in yeah. order to make make them work and be smaller and be more compact for this movie. And it kind of ended up designing a new digital aesthetic that ended up permeating uh, throughout cinema throughout. So past that point. So it's really, really groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, I read they used two of uh, Steven Soderbergh's red cameras, which is nuts. Soderbergh's a huge camera guy. He loves experimenting with all that stuff. So he kind of pushed it. One thing that doesn't hold up, though, and I'll say this. During the title cards, when everything's coming up and he's walking through the Harvard campus, it says executive producer Kevin Spacey. And you're like, damn. He just has this single line. Like, oh, damn it. Why is he in there? That and no, no, I want to bring up the one other thing that I think doesn't hold up, and it's the very last scene. Mm. It's when Rashida Jones says, You're not an asshole, Mark, you're just trying so hard to be. And I don't think that holds up because Mark Zuckerberg is an asshole and mm. kind of like a redeeming factor at the end. So, I kind of want to ask you guys about it. How do you feel about that line now, 10 years later? I, I'm with you actually. The whole time I was watching this movie, I'm like, You're a genius, but you are a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph, Steph, uh, Steph left a little, uh, a little bit before the movie finished. She was watching it with me as well. And she's like, movies like this piss me off because she obviously feels bad for Eduardo. Right. Yeah. Um, I showed her not too long ago, the founder, she hadn't seen the founder and she, she hates situations where someone good or someone's idea or somebody just gets taken away from them from like corporate greed or greed, just not even has to be corporate, just greed itself. Um, but she, that's why she, when I told her, I'm like, I think this is one of the greatest movies ever. Um, she's like, I highly disagree, but she doesn't see films in a technical aspect. Like I, like we do, you know, um, for mm-hmm. her, it's, if a movie makes her feel good, makes her laugh, she'll, she'll put that over anything or, or, you know, but she, um, tells me, she goes, I feel so bad for his character that it makes me not, this movie's not enjoyable for me because I think he's such an asshole and this movie probably gave him a little bit of, you know, like, oh, maybe he's not just a, such a bad guy. It was all business or whatever. And I highly disagree. The whole time I was like, and I said, I didn't really think about it. Like, oh, that's a, in my head when she says that, I'm like, no, he's an asshole. It is what it is. It's like, you know, when you see, have you seen those memes? That's like, hey, sorry for being a bitch. I'm just a Leo. It's like, no, you're just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so it's 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 like that. And it's, you know, it's black and white. It is what it is. He ended up screwing his and you know, one of the lines that I love is when he tells him in front of him, he goes, You were I was your only friend. I was the one that mm-hmm. and it, I mean you ended up fucking him over. Yeah. Um that for me, like, I don't know, again, so I don't think, yeah, that line doesn't hold up. I don't think it ever did. I never thought of him as a, you know, great person ever. Um, yeah. I think he's a genius. I think he's very, very smart. And he, again, um, he has reason to be the way that he is. Like, he usually will be probably the smartest guy in the room, you know? Like, so yeah. I don't fault him for that. And it's like one of those, uh, quote, Scarface rooting for the bad guy. You know, so you not that I'm rooting for him, but I'm I'm not I'm not you can't get mad at somebody for doing what they did and do, doing it better because he definitely did it did it first did it better. I don't think yeah. he did, and my well, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, so just go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, what do you think about that last line before we get into these categories? Um, yeah, I think that last line, like you says, is 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 kind of like this redeeming thing, which. 
I don't think necessarily holds up. <clears throat> I always just kind of read it as her trying to be nice to him. Like she just trying to be the one person who's like nice to him. Um, do the thing. But yeah, I mean, he isn't he isn't a nice dude. He is he is definitely a, a jokester, a clown, uh, you know, a backstabber, and you know, for sure. I, I think I think he I think that line definitely does add like a redemptive light to him, but I think it's uh even for I think it's kind of I think you're kind of back to realizing the reality of who this dude is in the very next moment when he's like, like you said, Jada, refreshing that Facebook page, like see if, 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 you know, he's still wanting, he's still longing to try and be like a normal person, but you know, it just doesn't work. So. I don't know if you want to put that shout out for uh, RB3 very quick. Yeah. Ferris loves you, RB3. Hey, Ferris, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate there it. There we go. All right, let's get into the categories here. Uh, first one that we always do, best scene. There's, It's tough to choose in this film because this film kind of flies the entire time. Every scene works so well. And every time we watch it, I like one more and I like another one more. And it goes back and forth. I think this it gets kind of easy, though. Um, there's an easy choice. But are we th- I want to start with you, man. What's your choice for best scene? Best scene. Ooh, that comes down to a lot of scenes. Um, to me personally, and this one is a little more like off kiltered, I guess. Um, but for some reason, I've always loved the scene when uh, Brenda Song's character finds out that uh, Igrado's going back to uh, California or whatever. And oh. she's like literally burning up his stuff, like as he's <laughs> on the phone, as he's on the phone with uh, with Riguardo. Like to me, that's that that to me is one of the funniest uh, scenes in the entire movie. It's, it's, every time I rewatch that movie, I, I almost certainly go back to that particular scene because it's just funny to me. Well, yeah, she, she also says stuff that you saw, you know, throughout high school and stuff growing up, which is why yeah. does your Facebook profile say single? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people really like what's your why is your relationship status like this I don't, people really cared about that back no then. they really did I, it got to the point where i i didn't ha- i had not single i just didn't have anything and then mm-hmm. when you don't have anything i even got the question like well why aren't you putting me out there who are you trying yeah. to hide me? i'm like dude i just don't put that like yeah my shit's private <laughs> don't right. matter you know exactly but um uh, my favorite scene, actually, we already talked about it, man. And it it's it's just that monologue between him and the lawyer mm. um, where where he's asking for the attention. And then he goes, you know, and he tells him, you have the minimal attention, the rest of my attention. He's like, goes back to the offices where my colleagues and I are doing things that your your clients can't uh, can't even do or can't fan or whatever. He's mm. like, did I answer your condescending uh, question? Like the way he just goes at him, bro. I, every time I'm like popping my fist, I'm like, God, you're an asshole, but stand your goddamn ground. You know? Yeah. That for me is that I remember in the theater, I almost got up and cheered for that man, bro. Like, I'm not in the theater. Sorry. The, the, at, at home when I first saw that movie. Um, so that for me, I, it's, That's just, your best I, scene? it's my favorite scene because of just the way that uh, Jesse Eisenberg and him just like, like, you can tell the lawyer's just trying to dig at him, and mm-hmm. he was not phased by it whatsoever. So it's yeah. between that, and I wrote another one down, and it's the the right at the end when um, when Eduardo goes to the offices and he finds out that he's basically out. You better lawyer that, up, bitch, because I'm gonna come yeah, after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
I'm going to go with the easy one then. I'm going to go with the opening scene. I wasn't sure if either one of you were going to mention it. I think the opening scene is one of the greatest opening scenes I've seen in any movie ever. Where Rooney Mara, which we'll probably get to in another category coming up eventually. Rooney Mara, man, she is hitting hard. She feels like just this innocent person who's stuck with this madman. Like, I, I start wondering... How did they start the relationship in the first place? Like, how did they? How long have they been dating? I swear, I went there too. I'm like, how does she put up with this guy, bro? Like, yeah, this far in the relationship. But anyways, her just slowly realizing that this guy doesn't care about me. He doesn't like me. He just has me in order just to have a, a status within himself, and he's just trying to use me. He also doesn't care at all. Um, and that back and forth. One of the interesting details I found out about this film, David Fincher did 99 takes for that opening scene. This uh, script was originally 160 pages and they got it down to, to a movie that's over uh, a little under 120 minutes. That's because he had to go faster and faster and faster to read the dialogue. That's why the dialogue's so quick back and forth. He you know it, he believes that once you do your takes so many times, you forget that you're acting and you're just going back and forth. And that's, you can kind of see it in this where I, I don't know if he take 53 <laughs> or take 27. We don't know where he left it at, but that must have been exhausting for both those guys. But Rooney Mara, I think that was her audition for the girl with the dragon tattoo right there. <laughs> like, back and forth. Like how many, how, how, when did he cut? You get me? Did he do that whole 10 minute scene 99 times? That's crazy to me. It's that's bizarre. It's, well, Fincher's actually legendary for that. That's one of his things is, you know, excessive takes. And I guess Amanda Seyfried's already talked about it and press coming up for Mank, where she's going to be in um, Fincher's next film, that there's days where they would do 70-something takes of a scene, which, like, as an actor, that's putting you through the ringer right there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to best line. I think this was the toughest category out of everything we had in here. Because there's, there's so one more category that was super tough for me, and I'll tell you what it is, but go ahead. All right, so best line. Um, I've got two from the opening scene, like I said right away. Dating you is like dating a stairmaster. And then I think the one that I'm going to go with, well, actually, we'll skip that one for a second. Um, it's the exchange between the Winklevosses and their friend that helped kind of create Facebook. And they go, what, you want to hire an IP lawyer to sue him? And the guy goes, no, I want to hire the Sopranos to beat the shit out of him. And Army Hammer goes, we can do that ourselves. I'm six foot five, 220. There's two of me. I think that's an incredible line right there. It just kind of gets brushed aside. But I'm going to go with the, the one from the opening scene. You're going to go through life thinking girls don't like you because you're a nerd. And I want you to know that's not true. It will be because you're an asshole. That's the theme of the film. Because Zuckerberg thinks that... People don't like him because he's super smart. And no, it's because he's an asshole this entire time, like we've been saying. Jader, let's go with you now, man. What's your what's your pick for best you line? You said it already. Oh, you really? said it already. Yeah, man. The, you better lawyer up, bitch. Because I'm coming for a whole thing. <laughs> that for me, man, That and that's exactly why. That's another one that you got to fist pump for, man. This, this movie has a lot of those moments, right? But for me, it's that, man. Just, you know, imagine being in Eduardo's shoes. And knowing that everything that the money you put up, you know, everything is being done because you made it happen. Well, obviously Zuckerberg's brain, but it was your your cash, you know, and then they're telling you, yo, you're out. Like, I don't even think I would be as cool as he was there, man, because I'd snap personally. I'd snap. Yeah, no, no, I probably would have smashed it on his head. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Uh, Don't get me wrong. I already told you, I, I used to have a very, very 
aggressive pass, man. But I, I honestly, I honestly, it, it's that, man. I would have been so pissed. And that how condescending um, Sean Parker was, where he was like, oh, you're 19. Oh, my God. But that scene for me, I don't know. It, it's, it's on another level. That line, just the way he says it, I'm like, fuck, yeah, dude. That's what you got to do. There's so, another that, that kind of sticks in my mind, too, that I'll throw up before we get to RB3. It's the um, it's the uh, uh, the line that Timberlake gives to Eisenberg that when they're kind of talking about their first exchange, saying, you know, yeah, your Facebook's cool right now. You want to keep it cool, and one million dollars is cool, but you know what's even cooler? A billion dollars. Yeah, RB three. What do you got here? What's your favorite line in this film? Um, well, I'll probably say my favorite line. Um, that's a great one. That that million dollar line. Mine's, I guess, is maybe not as much of a line. It's more of a monologue. Um, it's when Sean Parker and um, Mark Zuckerberg are talking to each other in the club. And um, Sean Parker tells a story about um, how uh, a business dude. Let me find the exact the Victoria, Victoria's Secret. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I had it. I literally had it pulled here, and then I, I scrolled up for a second and missed it. But it's this whole story of, like, a dude literally just wanting to buy um, just wanting to get his wife a pair of uh, uh, pantyhose, and then not um, and and um, having, but still having like, it's just opening up a small boutique store that ends up becoming a few more stores, and he sells the store for like four million dollars, and then you think it's a happy ending, but then the dude ends up jumping off a bridge because it ends up being worth five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's such a like a really really weird and fascinating moment. Um, just because for one, and the scene itself is just funny because they're in like a strip club or whatever, uh, while he's giving this story. And for two, it's just, it's, I think it's indicative of like Sean's whole philosophy of like, yeah, make the most amount of money like while you can or whatever. Can. Exactly. Because he imagine he had the whole Napster thing going on. And he even told when he when he's talking to Dakota Jan, she's like, oh, you're like a bazillionaire. And he goes, I'm actually broke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Favorite things. It's funny that you mentioned that scene because that scene really stood out to me today as well. A lot of the, you know, it's crazy that Justin Timberlake plays such a, like, a great asshole. Yes. You don't really see him as that. Like when he's acting in a movie, you don't really see him as an. You see some in Alpha Dog. He kind of has his moments here and there. But um, one of my favorite. It's crazy how he tells him this story. Zuckerberg's looking at him, and then he goes, do you still think about the girl? Yeah, because I was just about to bring that up. All his mind is the girl. And then and he goes, no. He's like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know? Mm. So great, man. And then he's so like, great. I want you to move in with me. And then Timberlake gives that smirk, and he's like, yeah, that's smirk. Like, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, he's he knows in. what he's doing. He said, like, he talks about his company, Napster. He's like, you know, it might not have been super successful, but I changed the entire music industry for the future here on out. And it's true because now we're look where we are right now with the music industry right now. You have all these Apple Music and Spotify and all these things. Napster was the first one to really start that. Yeah, um, you want to go crazy if you want to like really dig deep into that. Like before it was like, you know, uh Obviously, with stealing music, Metallica, which is one of my favorite bands, were the first ones that were like, "Hey, fuck you! You're not doing this to uh, you're not doing this to us." People started hating Metallica because of Napster, um, but everything was like, "You gotta buy our shit." Now, for nine ninety nine, you pay a membership, you have every album you want forever. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's crazy how it's changed and it's become that. You know, they yeah. most of these bands are now they get a cut, obviously, 
for streaming their music, but everything is now live music. And look where COVID's brought you for that. You right. Know? Exactly. It's, it's bizarre, man. Bizarre. So, all right. So let's move on here. Casting what ifs. I got a couple of them in here. First big one right here. Andrew Garfield originally auditioned for Mark Zuckerberg, which they thought that would have been completely different, but then they oh, found wow. Eisenberg. Wow. And, yeah, yeah, it would have no. been a completely different movie. I'm glad they held on to him because Thank it's God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's good. I got another one here. Aziz Ansari auditioned for the role of uh, Divya Narendra, who was the guy who was uh, with the, the, guy with the twins. Yeah, apparently he bombed that audition. Like completely bombed, and he talks about it openly how how bad it was. And it's a good thing he didn't get the part because the guy who got the part was actually really good in the role. And like he's, yeah. I want to hire Sopranos to beat this guy's ass. Like I love that. Um, here's another great one. This one actually works really well. Shia LaBeouf turned down the role of Mark Zuckerberg. I think oh. if any other actor can play Mark Zuckerberg, I think Shia LaBeouf might be the guy. I don't Absolutely. know. Really. I'm sorry, man. I still I haven't seen the Tax Collector, but. Um, I feel like he's one of the greater, great, greater working actors now, man. I feel yeah. like that, that guy does not get enough like recognition. He's been doing indies and all that, but Peanut Butter Falcon and Honey were one of my favorite movies last year, man. Yeah. And when he worked with uh, Air and Fury, he for me outshined everybody in that film. So uh, I that would have been an interesting, interesting take to be uh, to be honest with you, man. Uh, Shia is Shia is the fucking man. He really is. Yeah, he is. RB, do you feel like that could work? Do you think Shia LaBeouf could have done it? I could, I could see it. I don't think, I don't, I think Jesse Eisenberg kind of like blended into it so well. I kind of can't even imagine anybody else playing him. But I could, I could, I could totally see Shia going like full, like just do it. Status for that. So I could see that. Um, what do we got here? We got okay, Jonathan Groff, addition uh, for the role of Sean Parker. Uh, I think that actually does work in retrospect, but just yeah. in terms of, like, I, I also like the looking at this movie, every part's cast perfectly. That's um, what I mean. Like, that, and that's one of the hard parts for me. And I well, when we get to the category, I'll tell you, but, uh, the Jonathan but yeah. I think is great. He's having a moment right now. After oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's with, with and, frozen and Hamilton. And all that shit. Yeah, dude. He still, he kind of steals Hamilton in moments. Uh, I love when King George comes out. That song's <laughs> great. Um, and then Alfred Merlina, was considered for the role of Summers, the head of Harvard. Uh, eventually went to Douglas Urbanski, who is a great underrated performer in this film. I gotta say that one scene he has in this, where he's where he just doesn't he it. It. go fuck about, yourself. Yeah, Figure it out. stop being like, babies. Go make another idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just All right. Me. I mean, that, uh, that's one scene. Uh, I don't. I, I, I feel like came out with Alfred Molina, but still, I think that it worked yeah. out well. Uh, let's go to the Mahershala Ali Award for Best Sharpshooter. So the guy who's not in the movie, only in the movie for a couple scenes, but leaves a, like a huge impact when they're in there. Someone who comes off the bench, hits five threes in 10 minutes, and then gets out of there. This is for his role in Moonlight. I'm going to start here. I, I think this goes to Rooney Mara. Mm. Mm. She right. in the first scene, and she's in pick. that one scene at the table. Yeah, that was my pick, dude. She... But, she well, there's that one moment too, though, that gets overlooked, which is where she's re at she the restaurant. Well, not even that. It's the one in her dorm where uh, yeah. where where they're making fun of her frost eyes, and she's just cr like like. Oh my god! Yes, dude. Every time I see that scene, man. Every time I see that scene, I'm like, oh my god, bro. It's another. It's a, again, bro. There's so many moments in this film, man, where you just want to you you want to punch Mark, or you feel bad for the character. You want to fist pump. It's just 
fucking love this movie. But uh, but yeah, dude, for me, it, it was her. It was her because I every time that I think cast of this, Rooney, Rooney Mara is one of the first that I think about, besides your obvious three, which is for me, Timberlake uh, and even Army Hammer. But every time I think I'm like, damn, she's so good in this film. The first 10 minutes alone and that scene where she's just like, you think I forgot what the hell you said now that you, you, you've you uh, made this, you know, so. And she, I don't think she knew about Facebook back then, right? She didn't no, know she about didn't, it. I think she had a page. Did she? No, because remember, that's when he wants it, wants it when, he, when he's like, oh, we got to get BU, Stanford, like, I'm all right, because it wasn't there oh, yeah, yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She ends up getting the page, but mm. I don't think she oh good luck with your uh, with your your date website or whatever the hell it was you know right but um but i think she absolutely steals steals this cameo wise like she steals the show she gets in there does her shit and she's out and we're look at us we're we're talking about her you know yeah. so and i don't know our rb3 if you if you have anybody else um yeah just shout out to to brenda song too uh she's probably another one again my favorite scene is the fire scene? I mean, to me, every time she's in it, she just makes me laugh. And right. and I, I I literally used to watch Brenda's song on like Wendy Woo, like all these Disney Channel shows. You know what I mean? Like and seeing her like as in like this adult ish kind of character is is really funny. So it, it was it's yeah. weird because I remember her from Zach and Cody too. Yeah. And and then you see her like going down on Andrew Garfield and like, whoa, that's, that's not what's her name? Uh, London Tipton? Like that's not her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, I, know, I, know, I know who Zach and Cody is because my little brother used to watch that shit, but I don't remember I never sat down and watched it. So you missed the magic of Mr. Mosby. Uh just Sorry. Wanted, you know that. <laughs> RB3 knows what I'm talking about. Um, all right. Yeah, I want Rooney Mara, too. Like I said before, Rooney Mara, she easily steals the couple scenes she's in. Let's move on to the Bill Murray Award for Best Cameo. There's a lot of small, small cameos in this. And, Jader, let's start with you on this one, man. I think there's an easy one in here, but you, let's hear what you say. Cameo. Hmm. Are you yeah, on a path? You want to yeah, pass? I, I, I mean, I was thinking about like I saw Eric Zorkin was in the in the, in the, it's in the that's the one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I was gonna shout out Aaron Sorkin with his little uh, pop up cameo there uh, playing. Yeah. I think it was like when the business executives or something like that. Um, yeah, I thought that was really, really uh, a really fun cameo. I'm trying to think if there's any other cameos that like necessarily stood out to me. I don't know if it's not necessarily a cameo, but. They did give uh, Natalie Portman a shout out too yeah. um, in this movie. So um, even though she wasn't in it, uh, I, I'll, I'll throw that as a cameo. Why not? Um, I love that scene with Aaron Sorkin where Eisenberg's just in there making the clicking noise. And he's like, what's that noise? Like <laughs> it's like a clicking. Um, one more. I thought Bill Gates was in this movie for a second. And that scene where they're. Yeah, they I thought it was Bill Gates too. I rewound yeah. it just to look it up and know he's a, it's a Bill Gates impersonator. But yeah. for you to have a cameo where you're going to make people rewind and just double check to make sure it was Bill Gates, I think you deserve some recognition, right? There. I love I love the scene right after that as well when he's like, yeah, I think he was pretty. I, I think he was looking at you when he mentioned the next Bill Gates. And he goes, I don't even know who was giving the presentation. He's like, it was Bill Gates. <laughs> Dakota Johnson technically is a cameo too. Yeah, yeah. No, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of cameos in this. You have Dakota Johnson. You have um, uh, the the dean. No, not the dean. The president, right? Of uh, of Harvard. 
of Harvard. You have um, uh, Sorkin. Uh, yeah. Dude, I, I I blew I blew my girl's mind when I I told her that uh, Joseph Mazzello was Timmy from Jurassic Park. And she's like, no. I just, I'm like, yeah, it's Timmy. And then she goes, no way. And I was like, yeah. Um, I'm like, and she goes, he's like him from the Queen movie? I'm like, yeah, it's the same guy. <laughs> but uh, I thought he was pretty great in that too. Yeah. All right, let's move on. The Gary Oldman, <clears throat> everyone, award for overacting. Um, there's a couple we can go in here. Uh, I like the shout out Mark Zuckerberg's roommates. <laughs> this, I think these guys are. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Every time they're talking, like um, when one when they're sitting in the house in California and uh, Eduardo's knocking on the door, and the guy, isn't there someone knocking on the door over there? And he goes, "No, you're locked in." All right, and he just gets right back to it. <laughs> um, I think he's funny. I I go I go burn the song here. For that scene mm. that you say RP3. It's not this isn't like we say every week, this is not an insult award because mm. overacting works for these role that these awards that we give out. I think Brenda's song in that scene where she's saying, you know, you know, how come your status of your relationship status is says single on Facebook? It hasn't been changed. I think she's, you know, super psychotic in that moment right there and plays it so well, which is what you need to turn it up to to be to be overacting. So I go Brenda's mm. song this award. Let's go yeah. uh, RB3. Who do you got here? Um, no, I, I could definitely see the Brenda song argument in there for sure. It's tough because, like Jader said, this movie's so perfectly cast, so it's tough to think of like what that isn't necessarily like perfect. Um, I guess, like, even though, like, it's definitely, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, actually. I really don't right, know. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with, with RB3, to be completely honest with you. When yeah. I said that there was a hard category that I couldn't pick anything, mm-hmm. I didn't really think anybody was overacting to, um, and until right now, until Kyle pointed out that the guy was the door. And I'm like, I, I guess, yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. But honestly, I felt like everybody was just so on point, at least with the main characters. You know, side characters, we get very, very little side characters in this. Right. Uh, scenes here and there. But I overall think that everybody was just so tight in this film that I, this is the one category that as I'm like here thinking like who was the overactor, I, I really, I, I couldn't, cause even Brenda song, like I thought she played what she was, he, we got the little tease beforehand when uh, he shows up to LA in the rain and, and, um, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg didn't pick him up. And he goes, Oh, how's the girlfriend? And notice how Zuckerberg just wants a friend, wants a girlfriend. Cause he kept asking, he, you know, he keeps thinking about Erica. He, when, when uh, him and Sean Parker are having the conversation, he's talking about, you know, uh, oh, do you still think about that girl? And then, even then, when, when this guy's all distraught, he's, he's, you know, he's super wet, um, and he's like, hey, how's that internship? He's like, I told you I quit, and isn't that and that? He goes, oh, do you still have, a, are you still with, uh, with this girl? And then he's like, yeah, sort of. I don't know, she's crazy. And he goes, at least you have a girlfriend. Like there's little lines there. You're just like, holy shit, bro. This guy just wants, you know, probably just wants to get laid, man. You yeah. know, he's a good lay. But, um, but for me, it, it was hard. This was the one category for me where I was, was like, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like it's very, very tight. Again, I'm not really looking at the, you know, uh, again, the guy in one scene, every time I think about this, I try to think about the main cast, but I feel the main cast is just so tight that it's, it's, it's very hard. So I didn't have an answer for this one. This was the one category that I told you, I'm like, this is hard. Can we so. can we give overacting to an inanimate object, meaning that Caribbean party that they're having? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll notice this line this time, which was, he's like, can I speak to you outside? And he goes, it's like 20 degrees outside. Can we do it? He's like, there's a picture of Niagara Falls behind there, which is nothing. So actually I do have one shout out to the overacting by the CGI. That was the, the, the frost coming out of their mouth. Uh, that's probably the one tiny technical aspect. I'm like, oh, that that doesn't look so good in 2020. Uh, that that CGI CGI. Uh, uh, oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even know that was CGI. That's crazy to me. Um, something else I notice about um, Zuckerberg his his wardrobe. Um, he's mm. constantly in sandals. When the board meeting after even in the board meeting, yeah, you can you see that shot with the with his feet just really like in the sandals, which is how I'm sitting right now. Funny enough. When he was yeah for the relationship status part of Facebook, when his buddy's like, "Hey, you know, have you heard from this girl? You know, she's single." And he's like, "People don't walk around with a sign on that says." And he's like, "Oh shit!" And he kind of gets out there and runs away. He goes trudging through the snow with flip flops. Yeah, Yeah. I noticed that too. This this watch actually, I know. I'm like, this guy's always in flip flops, and it's crazy because the uh, the guys that are mostly loaded, which he wasn't at the time. Like usually carry that, you know, if they dress like that, that's how they dress and that's how they're comfortable and it is what it is. I have a friend of mine, shout out to my boy Dustin, uh, where man makes money, man. And he tells me for my birthday every time he's like, hey, do I have to wear pants or do I have to wear shoes? And I'm like, probably. And he goes, and I'm probably not going to make it. I'll probably hit you up uh, tomorrow and we'll go grab a beer. But um, it's crazy how they, it's just the way they dress, man. They feel comfortable in flip flops, and it is what it is. And I, I feel like, you know, that's that, man. Um, I got a couple interesting details here. One RB3 just shouted out. I'll start with that. The scene where, um, the which I forget, keep forgetting this guy's name, but he says, um, the biggest thing on he, Zuckerberg was the biggest thing on campus that included 19 Nobel laureates, 15 Pulitzer Prize winners, two future Olympians, and a movie star. And the guy goes, Who's the movie star? RB3 said. It was Natalie Portman, um, which is, you know, really cool because she was, you know, already becoming a big actress leading up to or at that point. You know, she was in Star Wars already. She was in The Professional, all these things. And then she decided to go to Harvard and get a degree. Uh, really, really special right there. Uh, Zuckerberg himself claimed that he never he was never going to see the movie, but eventually did with a bunch of co-workers and claimed that despite inaccuracies, they got the clothing right, which we were just talking about right there. <laughs> so that kind of, that makes sense. Um, the sandals, the flip-flops. I, I, I call BS on that. I don't know about you guys. I feel like Zucker, I feel like this movie probably was very accurate to how Zuckerberg was ruthless to getting to where he's at the top. But well, who knows? One of the things that I did read is the inaccuracy in this. I didn't read what I didn't read the article, but I kept seeing like when I um I typed in social network how inaccurate or I, but I don't know who was saying that. I didn't know it was Zuckerberg. Um, I feel like shit kind. I I don't know again, but I feel like it could have gone down the way that it did. It probably um I don't know if he greenlit the film um or he was involved in the film what's um at all with uh, Sorkin and uh and Fincher. But I thought he was because of the final line in the film where they're like, we have to redeem him somehow. We can't make him look like the ultimate asshole. That's why I always thought that he probably put his two cents in it. Um, And it happens. Again, you know, straight out of Compton. I absolutely love that film. But they left a lot of Dr. Dre stuff out there, you know, for, for, you know, for the better of Dr. Dre. to be, you know, you're gonna call him spade a spade. It is what it is, man. That like he had a a very bad history uh, with women, 
Um, and even when when uh, Ice Cube and when when the beef was going out with uh, no Vaseline and all that, um, I feel that uh, they did they when when Easy E responded with uh, real motherfucking G's, there was no scene of that, I, you know. So there's always and Easy E's not around. You get me? So there's always going to be whoever's involved. So I felt like Zuckerberg was involved because of the uh the ending you get me like where they gave him that where i was just like all right i i feel like they had to say that because this guy's not gonna green light a film and be like hey you know what i don't want this shit out if you're gonna maybe look like a piece of shit yeah so that's just my two cents so um i got yeah, one I more here. i got one more in here that is uh fincher's got a favorite line in this movie which is one that none of us ever shouted out at all and it was when um the lawyer for eduardo was so you took the thousand dollars and then you had eighteen thousand dollars that gives us a total of nineteen thousand dollars and it's Eisenberg's line saying, Let me hold on, let me check your math on that. He writes out, Yes, I got you you bitch. Like what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I I don't have any questions, Schmodown questions for you guys. I didn't get a chance to write them out at all. So sorry about that tonight. No question. Oh, no, that, that would have been a surprise for him. I didn't tell him because okay. I, I, I honestly forget every week that we do this, by the way. But yeah, yeah he, he writes down three questions and he'll ask us Schmodown style and all that. I didn't even bring my board downstairs. I can, my brain's been everywhere this week. So oh, yeah, thank God. Yeah. I, I got one right off the top right here. What okay. is Rooney Mara's character's name? Erica. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you want the first or last name? You want you guys know the last name? I don't know the last name. Uh, it's uh, Albright. Yes, Erica Albright. Wow. See now, that's why that's why you're winning matches, and I'm I'm on three. <laughs> RBO and three. I got another one right here. Uh, what scandal does Mark play our uh, plant in the paper to go against Eduardo? What kind chicken. of chicken? Yeah, yes. it's chicken feeding. Yeah, feeding feeding. Yeah, the cannibalism. <laughs> Self cannibalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a fun horse cannibalism, and he's trying to justify. He's like, "Fish eat fish all the time." <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit, bro. I love that shit. That's so yeah. good, dude. All right, uh, let's move on to the big category then: Apex Mountain. There's so many you can go with here. Um, RB3, let's start with you, man, because I know you were thinking about this one a little bit too before we started. Yeah, How many people, do you think qualify for Apex Mountain? I mean. You talk about the entire cast, the entire, you know, behind the scenes crew. Uh, I think this is a lot of people's apexes. I mean, I think this is like, yeah, because uh, you can make an argument for Jesse Eisenberg in terms of, you know, him. He, he was in Zombieland right before this, but he didn't really have like a big star turn until this movie. Talk about Andrew Garfield, who became Spider-Man. You could talk about Rooney Mara, who became the girl with the dragon tattoo. So many, so many, so many things you could go with. It's it's really tough. You can talk Fincher. You can talk Sorkin, dude. It's nuts, man. Ross and uh, Reznor and Ross are also Reznor. in there. Um, yeah. I, um, even even Army Hammer. You can put Army Hammer in there too. That, that, that yeah. we haven't really talked about Army Hammer too much. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that we haven't, and it, he he was fantastic in this. I think it's Ar actually probably my favorite role that he's ever been in. I think this is an apex, and you can make an argument for Call Me By Your Name, and I wouldn't fight you on that. Just to have to play two characters and be CGI both times, and you know, most people probably didn't even notice that was CGI. Just thought it was two army hammers when they were first watching this film. Um, I think that's pretty significant, and he's super tough and intimidating. Like you could see that they're also like there's these tough jocks, but they're also daddy's boys. 
Like, oh, we'll just call dad. We'll have him. We'll have him fix it. And oh, that's the other question I had for you guys. Shout out question: What justification does the one Winklehaus twin give for not suing uh, Zuckerberg? Uh, they're Harvard men. They're gentlemen like, of Harvard. They're gentlemen of Harvard. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I think Army Hammer is real is really good in this film. I would go him. Like I said. Eisenberg definitely because I don't think there's been a role as significant as this. We can talk Oscars real quick. This was such a huge snub. Seeing huge. like for Colin Firth winning for the King's Speech, who's he's fantastic in that film, by the way. He's not better than Eisenberg. He's not, not better than this, man. Not at all. And then the Social Network famously lost to the King's Speech, which King's Speech is a good movie too. But this is a huge. This is one of, one of the biggest upsets we've ever seen in Oscar history. You know, I, I see like people like. Shakespeare in love, but clearly it should have gone to Saving Private Ryan. I still, I'm still pissed off about that. Till <laughs> I'm like, how many times have you guys seen Shakespeare in Love? Honestly, probably once. Yeah. And how many times have you seen Saving Private Ryan? Come on, man, get the hell out of here. Let's. But, uh, I mean, I mean, Sorkin won. Sorkin won for for screenplay, which I'm really, really happy he did because I feel like he, honestly, he. I don't want to say who he won the film, but he's one of my. Uh, Contender, he, yeah, he's one of my contenders for winning the film. I'm cheating for the whole of the film, by the way. But yeah, um, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say. Well, yeah, uh, for me, it's it's tough narrowing it down to one two. I'd probably end up landing on. Um, I'd honestly probably end end up landing on uh, on Sorkin because I feel like. Uh, this movie is so quintessentially him. Like, it, it's almost inescapable, even yeah. so much so that, like, you know, they were almost willing to take this exact same formula and do it again for the Steve Jobs movie originally. Like, mm-hmm. originally it was supposed to be Christian Bell with Steve Jobs and then David Fincher, director, and then Aaron Sorkin's script. Like, it was supposed to be the exact same formula. And then they switched it up a little bit. Um, Yo, Big Moe. Shout out to Big Mo in the house. Um, but, yeah, uh but see, that's but 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 it it be it was so successful because it worked so well because of Sorkin from the page all the way up until you know the the final production and of course it's like the ultimate visual director of Fincher versus the ultimate dialogue direct the ultimate dialogue writer with Sorkin putting those two worlds together is like a match made in heaven. I would only say maybe not Fincher only because he also has seven in his filmography. And that's just a little tough to to to, yeah, to outweigh. See, that, that's but. where I'm at. With, that's where I'm at with Fincher. That's why I don't put him there because uh, Seven and Fight Club, uh, for me, are, are up. And I'm not saying this is not a contender to go against these these other two films. Of course, at all because it is a, definitely a contender. But it's just it's hard, man. It's hard. Like I said, and every time I see this movie, I just like it more. I don't even think I can possibly like it more every time after I see it. And I do every single time. I'm like, man, this is creeping up. It's slowly creeping up into my top 10, which it wasn't my top 10. And it's just slowly creeping there after, after, you know, rewatching and rewatching and rewatching. It's nuts, man. Since we're on the topic, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'd say this is Fincher's uh, apex. I'm going to go with this because I think this is the film that really solidified him as one of the best directors working right now. He got, yeah. he had the the cult buzz with seven and with fight club and with, you know, um, and alien no. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like alien three. I like alien three. Yeah, he doesn't even like alien three. Come on. <laughs> um, 
But so, but Benjamin Button kind of got him on the map with Oscars, and then this film solidified. I'm like, people were calling this an upset immediately once it happened. This is what's. I want to. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm like, this is this is the film that showed that he's not just a stylistic good director. I mean, Zodiac too. Zodiac showed how just how stylish and how great he can be too. It's his filmography is, is out it's of hand. Super impressive. Yeah, uh, I mean. Even his latest in Gone Girl was you know, amazing. I loved Gone Girl a lot. I love Gone Girl. No, I, but for me, this is the thing. With Fincher, for me, I feel like this put him on the map with your average moviegoers. Yes. Because everybody went to go see this film because it was about Facebook and everybody was using Facebook at the time. And they're like, who the hell directed? I remember people saw this before they saw Seven and Fight Club and Benjamin Button and all these other movies where they're like, dude, this guy's awesome. I'm like, yeah, he's one of my favorite directors. He's amazing. You know, but... But um, I feel like this, you, you, that could be, absolutely, you, I can, you, it can definitely be argued, you know, this, I feel like Fincher got put on the map with this film with your mass audiences. You got me? Yeah. So. Um, one, one more two I want to talk about. We take the music out of it. Is this Timberlake's apex for acting? Mm. I, I'm a huge friends with benefits fan. I, 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 that's a guilty pleasure. I, I like it. Fine, but you're gonna tell me that his performance was better in in. in RB, you like Friends with Benefits, right? I do like Friends with Benefits. I, I don't know if that's his better performance, but I do like that movie. I, um, I, I would. I mean, what what else has JT done though? I mean, that's 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 the question. I mean, are we talking it, runner I, runner with Ben Affleck. He yeah. did, uh, what else did he do? Runner, Troll. runner. He did that. He had bad teachers, trolls. Oh, I like bad teachers. I love trolls. Alpha yeah. dog. I, yeah. So he got some. He got some. He got a couple. Yeah. He's got some in there, but I feel like probably acting. Yeah. This is probably his best performance by far. Yeah. Um, and for, for Fincher to give a, a musician a, that big of a role and he knocks yeah. it out of the park, that's huge. That's massive. A, a musician to play the role of the creator of Napster. Most genius decision, like, ever. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even think about that right there. That's two straight weeks we've had something kind of, like, just brought up to me that I didn't even consider at all. I didn't think about that. Um, no, I actually thought about it when, when we were watching the movie. I'm like, it's crazy how, I don't know. I was actually going to try to Google if Justin Timberlake was pissed, ever pissed off or was in a lawsuit with Sean Parker because I was watching it. And I'm like, huh, NSYNC was blowing up when this shit, when this shit was happening, mm-hmm. you know? Ferris just brought up in time or time in time. I think it was called out of time. In time. it's in time. Yeah. Out of time yeah. with uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah. In time. That's not a very good movie. That's interesting concept. Uh, Steve has a interesting detail. That I even know that Mark uses the alias Tyler Durden, which was a reference to Brad Pitt's character in fight club, which yep. We knew that he directed when does he use that alias though? I'm not sure. No, I don't know. No, I don't uh, all right. Last category here. Who won the movie? Well, you I want to cheat with this, Finchy. No, I said, do you want me to cheat? Oh, I thought you said Finchy. I'm like, well, okay. No. <laughs> I, I would never call him that ever. I have respect. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did the audience. Yeah. Hey, straight up, man. I, I, it, it, honestly, it, it, Fincher, dude. I, I, you can put anybody up there, but at the end of everything, this is a fucking masterpiece. And I feel like, again. You cannot be a movie if you're not a movie fan. If you have no idea, every my grandma knows what Facebook is, and I guarantee you, mm-hmm. I put this movie with Spanish subtitles. She's gonna watch this film because she's gonna be like, it's just so compelling. And again, uh, with the Spanish dubs, it, it won't be the same. 
but the mm -hmm. acting in it, man, it's just, and again, the dialogue, man, the dialogue is, is what, and that's one of my, one of my fucking winners for this was Fincher. I mean, I'm Fincher Storkin as, as, uh, as who won the film, but at the end of everything, it, it has to be us, bro. And that's the cheating answer. I'm sorry. But if I think, if I can't cheat, then it's Sorkin for me. Who do you got RB3? Um, who wins this? Who wins this? Well, I definitely say I'm, I'm going to go with Jesse Eisenberg wins this because I think him the most, I think he's still playing Mark Zuckerberg like to this day. He even took that and put it into the DCEU with, with, Lex, yeah. with Lex Luthor. You know what I mean? Like he's still playing the same part kind of, which is not, it's not necessarily him playing the same part, but we so recognize him as Mark Zuckerberg just because of this movie. Um, I think that's, that's the ultimate takeaway. I mean, Andrew Garfield, I'd also consider a winner too. Um, actually, you know what? I'm actually gonna switch my ass. I'm gonna switch. Yeah, I'm gonna switch that. Yeah, Andrew Garfield, yeah. because he did. He did become Spider Man. So that, that's the ultimate level up of all time. So yeah, I was gonna, and that's one of the things that I also um, was gonna say. Like Garfield went from this, and then he landed Spider Man. Not not right after. I think it was like right. what three years after, two years after. Yeah, and, and he, he, you know. If you can play the biggest superhero in the world, it was obviously because you got some sort of recognition right before that, you know? So right. the reason why I didn't mention Garfield when we were doing Apex is because I feel like Hacksaw Ridge is his best performance he's had so far. Um, that's just a brutal film where just especially yeah. about that second hour of him running through the battlefield, saving all this. I love how that movie makes you forget that you're watching a war film, and then right when you get to the war, you're like, "Oh shit!" Because <laughs> I remember that first half of the film. I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, this movie is so again." I, I'm gonna use the word again, compelling. It's just a great story, and then all of a sudden, you just start seeing bullets fly in people's faces, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I forgot we're watching a war film." Like, but yeah. but I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Fincher because I feel like Fincher. This is like this is the movie I think of when I think of David Fincher. Um, I guess it might depend on when you grew up because so like if you grew up in the nineties, you love your sevens, you love your fight oh, yes, club. Seven. seven is my first film, man. Every time, first film. Uh, every time. It, it is huh? It is for a lot of people. And I remember when we were doing people did best of the decades for the first year of the two thousands or first decade two thousands. Zodiac was up there for a lot of people. People get really love Zodiac and some of them consider that to be his best. I truly feel like this is a perfect film, the social network. And it's because of his direct. Well, I mean, it's because of all the pieces fell into place. I almost went with Reznor and Ross, uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, because that score is one of the best. It's their first time scoring a film and they win an Oscar for it, which is incredible. I mean, it just happened with Joker, but. <laughs> reason why I can't give it a Reznor for me is because again, I'm a metalhead and I feel like Nine Inch Nails is probably the greatest thing he's ever done. But I, 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 I can see how you like that. But for me, it, it, again, growing up in the 90s, it goes with seven and it goes back. And it's crazy because Fincher, again, uses Closer as as the uh, opening title for seven. And that's a Nine Inch Nails song that mm. resonates. So, so there you go. So I, I, I go Fincher won the movie because I feel like this solidified him as one of the best working today. One of the guys that we look forward to. He's in the same conversation as your Tarantino's, as your Scorsese and Spielberg. When he's putting a film out, people are already saying, well, it's going to be up for an Oscar. The same Nolan to uh, Denny Villeneuve. They're all in that same conversation with each other. This is the one that made people say, I don't care what he's putting out. I have to see it. So this is yeah. why I go with David Fincher. And that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Great discussion here. Uh, no, I got a little 
quick uh, question from uh, Ferris. It's my favorite film. It's up there, man. Uh, it depends on the day you ask me. It'll. It's. It's. It's in my top ten, but I don't know when, where it falls. But uh, yeah, sorry. Man. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, no, no. But thank you everybody for joining us and watching along today. I'm so glad we got this episode finally done because I love yeah. this episode. We've been trying. It has to happen, and no better person to have on here than RB3. RB3, thank you so much for coming on the show. Man. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks. Thank Man, it's been a long time coming, bro. Thank you. Thank y'all for being so accommodating, man. I know we did a lot of shifts and like all of this and that, but we, we made it work and I'm happy to be here. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Jada and Kyle. And, you know, again, sorry about the Jasper thing. Really didn't mean it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, homie, brother. It's all good, man. Yeah, no, it's only it's only uh you know twenty minutes till one a.m. here, and I gotta work in the morning. But it's all good, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. Uh, nah, bro, you're you, man, bro. Thank you, you so much, plug, man. You got any? Uh, you got your first cut. Tell us about that. Yeah, first cut YouTube channel. We uh we just did our live stream this week, right before this stream. So it was really fun. Be sure to check that out. And then we uh and then yeah, we have uh, more reviews, more stuff coming up. We have a big interview coming up this weekend, and actually, we have a uh, we did a podcast on William Bibiani's uh, network, uh, critically acclaimed, um, where we are talking about my dinner with Andre. Um, you know, all of us, me, Andres, and Sabrina, talking about my dinner with Andre on uh, William Bibiani's podcast. Uh, you know, critically acclaimed. So be sure to check that out. That's amazing, man. He was he was on the show uh, two weeks ago, man. We did we talking uh, psycho, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. that, saw that, saw that. I love having him. Yeah, Bibbs was amazing, man. I big 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 match for him uh, this mm. week. I'm, I'm excited to see Bibbs back on, bro. It's been yeah. a while. Uh, we've it's crazy, man. We we barely talked Schmildown, to be honest with you, but we have uh, some major matches coming. Yeah. Uh, already have two already done and we have another one coming tomorrow and another one the next day so for for a week dude this is insane yeah it's crazy super yeah super i can crazy. only imagine you cutting or running around like a chicken with your head cut off if you were in studio dude yeah 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 that's why that's why you see me in studio that's why i do but i'm actually at home with my head cut off like you know at home because i'm editing i'm helping edit matches and then also at engineering scn and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's a lot going they're keeping yeah, you busy, man. Um, yeah, once again, thank you so much for joining us, RB3. Jader, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off here? No, man, we're good to go. RB3, you're more than welcome whenever you want to come back, bro. You are an awesome guest. So whenever you want to talk anything, you're like, hey, bro, you guys haven't talked this fucking movie. Let's, 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 ah. let's, let's do it, man. We'll dig yeah. into anything. Appreciate but, it. Appreciate uh, yeah, it. Man. No, we're good, man. It's late. Thank you, everyone, for joining and we will see you next time on the next episode of the Jader and Kyle show. Salute.